Hello, health investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from V. Lockard. V is the host and co-founder of the popular sleep story podcast, Snoozecast. Snoozecast boasts over 400 episodes, 10,000 listens per day, and over 7 million total downloads. Along with her husband, V started producing Snoozecast over two years ago to help people who have trouble falling asleep. Along the way, she and her husband had one baby who's now almost two years old, and another one is due soon in October of 2021. V has experienced anxiety throughout most of her life, which caused her to learn many techniques to manage it. She knows exactly how anxiety can sneak into bed with you, even if you felt ready for bed all day long. Her listeners confirm her hunch that there is a major need for natural sleep aids among people experiencing bedtime anxiety. In the episode, V shares why it's better to listen to a bedtime story than to look at your phone, how to combat something she calls revenge bedtime procrastination, what to do if you constantly wake up in the middle of the night, and more. But before we get to the episode, I want to take a moment to share one of my favorite resources with you, which is thrivemarket.com. I don't know about you, but I used to think that eating healthy meant that I had to spend a lot of time and money at the grocery store. That is until I discovered Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online grocery shopping platform that's essentially a mix of Costco, Whole Foods, and Amazon. Since Thrive doesn't have any brick and mortar stores, I can conveniently order fridge, freezer, and pantry staples from the comfort of my own home in just a few quick clicks on their website or app. And since they cut out all the middle people, their inventory is heavily discounted. When I order on Thrive versus going to my local supermarket, I save at least $20 per grocery haul. And did I mention I shop from my couch? To read my full Thrive Market review, steal my shopping list of over 150 items, and save additional money on your first order, visit thehealthinvestment.com slash thrivemarket, or just click through the link in the show notes. And one more thing, if you've been on a weight loss roller coaster for years, trying everything from keto to MyFitnessPal to Weight Watchers, but nothing has worked, I'm so happy we are connecting. Outside of hosting this podcast, I help health-motivated individuals lose weight for the last time through sustainable habit changes and mindset shifts. Unlike diets, apps, and programs that suck the joy out of life, I help you make simple, gradual tweaks to your nutrition, lifestyle, and outlook so you can drop those pesky pounds for good without giving up carbs, counting every calorie, eating clean 24-7, or unfun nonsense. If you're ready to cross, lose weight off your to-do list, feel completely in control around all foods, and start showing up as the trimmest, healthiest, most confident, most energized version of yourself, learn more about my programs at thehealthinvestment.com. And please don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions. I always love hearing from you. All right, let's hear from V. Enjoy.
Brooke Simonson, Certified Nutrition Coach and your host of the Health Investment Podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week, I interview experts and share no-nonsense, research-backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, eat healthy long-term, have the high energy you crave, and feel like a million bucks. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hi, V. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast. Hello, Brooke. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, just talking to you off air, I was thinking you have such a soothing voice for the realm you're in. Have people told you that before? (laughs) Yes, I had been told that before, and it wasn't always... I guess it depends on the context, whether it's taken as a compliment or not, because (laughs) you don't always want to make people fall asleep with the sound of your voice. (laughs) But then if you go into a line of work where your goal is to put people to sleep, you really capitalized on that. (laughs) I leaned into it, you could say. I was, yeah, I was reading some of the reviews on your show and (laughs) so many people say oh V's voice is beautiful and so I I can agree you have a very melodic you know soothing voice so thank you very much (laughs) well so for everyone listening you have a podcast called snoozecast and is your mission just to help people sleep better or what would you how do you define your mission with that it's, yes, it's it's very simple. It's Our mission is just to help people fall asleep. And since we can talk about it a little bit more here, I can say that our mission is to help people fall asleep quicker and easier and in a more pleasant and enjoyable fashion than you might do if you're left to your own devices. And your own devices meaning, okay, now I'm going to turn out the lights and close my eyes and put my hand on the pillow and I'm just magically going to fall asleep really quickly. And it doesn't always happen that way. Right. Or all the things that we read about, you can Google, you know, how to fall asleep naturally, or then there's supplements and take a bath and light candles. I mean, sometimes it can get more stressful, I think, too. And then maybe you don't fall asleep as well because you're doing way too many things that are supposed to help, but then they don't help. It's kind of, I really think it's a kind of performance anxiety Mm -hmm. (laughs) is it can become like that because if you start to, if you know, if you're trying to, if, if you're at a point where you're Googling things, literally like, um, you know, counting sheep, how to count sheep to fall asleep (laughs) or, or, you know, techniques to help fall asleep, you know, you're probably in a, in a sticky kind of situation where you keep trying to fall asleep and the more nights you go where you're lying there for an hour or more without falling asleep, um, it starts to be something that you kind of dread, right? Right. And you kind of set yourself up for failure. It's like a Mm self-fulfilling prophecy because you think, I can't, I'm not a good sleeper. I can't fall asleep. And so then you enter into the bedroom probably with that Mm -hmm. mindset of, I'm not good at this. So here we go again. I like to call that bedtime anxiety. I mean, I'm somebody that's, you know, just kind of someone that leans towards anxiousness as it is for, I would say for better or worse, but it's really (laughs) for worse. It's something that I just, my whole life, I've, I've really 
tried to address and I found lots of techniques that helped me to manage my anxiety. And so I think about things a lot of times in that way. You know, obviously I'm not, um, I'm not a medical professional. I'm a podcaster. Um, <laughs> but bedtime anxiety to me is when you might not even really be aware of your anxiety during the day. You might just be really busy, but it's once you go to bed and it's bedtime and you might have even been tired all day too, where you're like, oh, I'm dragging. I can't wait to finally go to bed. But then as soon as you get into bed and again, it's still and quiet and dark, all of a sudden your mind goes from being tired all day to being very wide awake. And it's really not a pleasant experience to have that happen over and over again multiple nights in a row or when you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't fall back asleep. Um, so that can happen to a point where you start to dread going to bed. And I've looked into, I've had that happen to me in the past and I've yeah. looked into ways to help, um, help that, that aren't taking medications to fall asleep. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So I'm interested and I definitely want to tackle that, some of the bedtime anxiety tips, but mm -hmm. is that what made you start your podcast or how did you become interested in helping people sleep better? In a way it is, in a roundabout way, yes, that is why we started our show. Um, my husband and I started our show back in January of 2019, but way before that, we had been together for a while, um, we would both have times and sometimes most of the time that we would have trouble falling asleep at night. So we, we had gone through for years and years, like all the different things you could do. Like you can watch, you can watch shows to try to fall asleep that are kind of like lull you to sleep or, um, or listening to music or, uh, one thing that we stumbled upon that ended up, we really enjoyed that I recommend to anyone if you have the inclination to, but I know it's not for everyone is that if you have a, a, you know, a bedfellow, somebody that you fall asleep with, um, and you both would like to read more, we would take turns, we would pick a book. So it would be like a little book club. And we would have a book and we would take turns reading to the other person. And hmm. we did that to incorporate reading into our life instead of just watching shows. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked, but it also, we found that it, especially when I read to my husband, he would fall asleep so quickly that, um, a lot quicker than he would have if he was like, you know, on his phone or trying to fall mm. asleep, just lying there. Um, so it would be so fast that we wouldn't get through very much of the book sometimes because I'd be like, oh, even though the book's really good, if you're only getting through like 10 minutes at a, yeah. a night, it's going to take It's a forever, year long book club. Forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we found out about a few years before that, we found out about sleep stories. There's, there's lots of um, great, especially nowadays, there's lots of places that you can find sleep stories out there. And I'll define a sleep story if you've never heard what it is. I mean, everyone's heard of, um, you know, the concept of bedtime stories for children. But as adults, for some reason, we, we don't think that that would be appropriate or helpful for adults. And it turns out it is just as helpful and appropriate. Um, so we we found out about this concept and we latched onto it. We loved it so much. And at the time when we were listening to them, we would, there weren't enough 
being produced out there. So we would listen to the same ones over and over again until you really get sick of hearing it. After <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Like, um, and at, at a certain point, we started to dream up like we could make our own show. And like, how would we do that? And after a while, we did it. Oh, wow. Well, okay. Yeah. What is a sleep story? <laughs> so it can be, it, to us, a sleep story is anything that is a story that is interesting enough to keep your attention so that you don't get caught up in the loops of thoughts in your mind, but not so interesting that you're, you know, staying up awake. And it's basically like what we call low stakes versus high mm. stakes, you know, mm -hmm. it's low stakes. It's something that you're interested enough in hearing, but it's okay if you fall asleep and don't hear the end of it. Um, so for us, that that's a variety of different um, kinds of stories. It's everything from classic literature to um, nonfiction about things like anything sort of pleasant and soothing, like gardening or <laughs> cooking. Um, and also there's some really wonderful old um, children's fantasy stories, um, mm. like all kinds, all kinds of stories that work really well nowadays for, for adults, for kids too. We have people of all, all ages listen, including parents with children. Um, but a lot of times it's adults and people that love the this kind of nostalgia factor, discovering, um, old books that they had, they hadn't read before, but they're starting to get interested in, in reading more from getting little bits of it before they fall asleep. Hmm. I don't, uh, we were talking off air. I don't have kids yet. I know you have one and one on the way. Very exciting. Um, yeah. But from what I understand, it can be helpful for kids to go to sleep because they have a nighttime routine. So mm -hmm. it kind of signals, you know, you brush your teeth, you go to the bathroom, you get into bed, you read a story, and then the body kind of knows now we go to sleep. So mm -hmm. from what I'm hearing, it's kind of the same thing can work for adults. If you have this kind of routine, your body can kind of know, okay, now we go to sleep because it's story time. Absolutely. Um, I didn't know that before. I didn't know, really know anything before I had my first baby. Um, I learned it. It was definitely a crash course. And I think that's common. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one of the things that I learned about having a baby is that they're not born knowing day from night, first of all. Um, their bodies pick that up on their own, but you can kind of help it, especially if the baby is seems like they're up all night, most of the night, but then they're sleeping a lot. They want to sleep during the day is that you start these soothing bedtime rituals it could be kind of elaborate, <laughs> but it's mm. worth it if it gives you a little bit more sleep at night and not during the day. Um, so I learned to do that with my baby and teach her that from the early stages that, you know, first we take a bath and then I give her, give her a coconut oil massage and then read to her and this and that. And it's, it's really soothing and supposed to be pleasant, although she cried for most of it at the beginning, <laughs> but now she loves it and she's a good sleeper. But, you know, as adults, we don't often do stuff like this for ourselves. We just expect that we're going to go, just go hog wild all day without any breaks often. 
And then all of a sudden, our body and our mind especially are just going to know to turn off and go to sleep. And it doesn't always end up being so easy to do. Mm. So then the cool thing, I guess, also about the sleep stories is that you're not having to look at your phone beyond setting it up. Yes. But then it's not the blue light interfering as well. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people, myself included, not a great habit, but looking at your phone before bed and then probably a lot of us are reading something to that's similar to what you're mentioning, maybe a news story or something that's not super exciting. So your mm-hmm. brain is able to kind of check out. But at some point you have to turn the phone off and actually go to bed, but then you're left with your mind racing. Mm -hmm. So the beauty of a story is that it lulls you all the way to sleep. Yes, exactly. And and our idea with the show is that we have a variety of different kinds of sleep stories and they're consistent. They come out frequently. It's ever since we started almost three years ago, it's every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, So we have over 400 episodes now but you'll always have something new to listen to pretty much. And that way you don't have to waste time because sometimes you'll get caught up trying to find the best thing to fall asleep to. And even if you started an audiobook, let's say, which is a great idea to do, you might start to get to a point where you're like, oh, where did I leave off? And I don't want to like miss out on what's happening next in the show. So this just gives you something that you can listen to that you don't have to think about too much. And you're you're right. Also, you want to minimize the amount of time that you're staring at your screen right before you go to bed. What's the best way to set up your phone and earbuds then? Do you have it set up to a way where it just turns off or does the story just keep playing through the night? Oh, that's such a good question. So we do have some listeners that like to have the sound on of it throughout the throughout the night, and you can certainly do that. However, personally, my recommendation is not to just because we design our show to get softer and fade out towards the end. Hmm. So the beginning of the next story is not louder, but it may sound loud in comparison. Mm -hmm. you know, if you were just falling asleep. So some people don't have a problem with that, or maybe they put it on soft enough that it doesn't, it doesn't affect them at all. But um, my preference is that you listen on a podcast player or directly through our website, snoozecast.com, so that you can easily have it only play one episode at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're playing it from your phone, make sure to put your phone onto Do Not Disturb. Um, uh, yeah, you know, that's obviously important or, or just silent. It uh, do not disturb is good, though. So it just is going to play that one episode and then be done with it. And you really, if anyone hasn't tried this before and they're feeling skeptical because it sounds too simple <laughs> to be effective, I promise you, if you just try it, it's not going to hurt to try it. And you will probably be amazed by, I mean, I've been doing this for years now and I still have times where I'll be like, I'm not going to fall asleep. I'm too wide awake or I had that last cup of coffee too recently. It's just not going to happen. And almost always I'm out within 10 minutes Wow, (laughs) or less. What I just heard then is these also allow you to have coffee later into the day. (laughs) (laughs) 
right now I have a very strict 12 noon cutoff, but if this yeah. means I can have coffee beyond noon, this is great news. <laughs> I know it's like, I'm such a, I'm such an addict, I guess, because I also try to have a 12 noon cutoff and, but I often find myself pushing the limits of that. Yeah, <laughs> I so do, I. do that. <laughs> yeah, I know it's, yeah, my husband also makes cold brew and it's always mm. in this thing in the fridge so it's so just easy and accessible yeah you just your name <laughs> turn the little lever and all of a sudden you have more coffee I know it's it's too accessible but delicious um you know we stopped doing cold brew partly because it just made it too delicious and easy to have it too much caffeine all the time <laughs> that's funny I know my mother-in-law um I was talking to her one time and I don't know if she still adheres to this but she was saying she doesn't let herself have cold coffee because it would just be too addicting so she has to drink kind of hot more bitter coffee oh, and I was wow. like that's such an interesting self-awareness that I don't possess myself <laughs> it is I, wow yeah I don't I don't possess that either I've, yeah. I've been really into both hot and I know cold. exactly give me, me exactly any type well I know so I love this story idea what are you were mentioning kind of sleep time anxiety and how you'd found different ways to deal with that mm-hmm. what are some other things you do besides the stories that you found work for you to kind of settle down into your sleepiness routine yeah the, the one of the biggest ones is just to I just want to plant the seed I'm not trying to force anyone to immediately do anything but just planting the seed to get your butt into bed earlier mm-hmm. <laughs> earlier than you might think is necessary because it's good sleep is made up of two things it's made up of quantity and quality of sleep right so the quality of sleep is one that is a little bit more sometimes it can be a little bit more challenging to address but the quantity is one that we can all help ourselves out with. And so one of those things is that I think when we lead really busy lives, we're just thinking, okay, so if I have to get up at 6 a.m., I'm going to count backwards by seven hours. Okay, six and a half hours. That's when I need to go to sleep. And then you have this number in your head that I need to go to sleep by then. And then it ends up being that you actually get into bed around then or you're getting ready for bed then. And it keeps creeping past that. And so even whether or not the quality of your sleep is is good, you're still not even really giving your body enough time to transition during bedtime. So you want to do things where you can go to bed a little bit earlier, have some pleasant wind down activities to do perhaps that um, make it so that you can let your mind get into that routine of knowing that it's bedtime now so that it's not such a quick thing where it's like, oh, now I need to turn off the lights really quickly. Right. And then it, like you said, the count back. I used to do that all the time when Mm -hmm. I was a teacher and I had to get up a lot earlier than I have to get up now. And that stressed me out alone of just counting back, okay, eight hours, I have to be in bed by 10. Mm-hmm. And then it would be 9.59. And I'd think, oh my gosh, I'm not in bed yet. Now I'm not going to get eight <laughs> exactly. hours. So I love that idea, though, of the quality and the quantity, because you've got to focus on what you can control, right? And so mm-hmm. maybe you can't always control your mind racing or you know, you can control if you're going to listen to a story and try to combat that. But one thing you can absolutely control is when you're getting into the into the bed, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's going to be 
extenuating circumstances at times, but just turning off Netflix and getting in there. <laughs> exactly. Getting in there, it reading a book, reading things not on your phone screen are and not and by reading things I don't mean reading your social media feed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know everyone knows that, but it's like just as a reminder, friendly reminder. I, I'm I don't think social media is evil per se. I definitely use it and enjoy it myself, but you got to keep in mind that it is designed to keep your mind awake and on it endlessly scrolling. <laughs> it's right. not designed to help you fall asleep. So it's not the best thing to put on to look at during bedtime. Right. Light aside. What about staying asleep? What if somebody has a habit of waking up in the middle of the night? What are some things you can do for that? Would you recommend putting on a story in the middle of the night or is that too much yeah, to kind I, of throw you out of your rhythm or something? Yeah. So then that gets into the sleep quality part of things. So for example, I'm in my third trimester pregnant right now. It's Pregnancy is a challenging time for people to fall asleep. There's lots of other things that go on that make people have poor quality sleep where their sleep is broken up um, throughout the night. And in fact, a third to half of all U.S. adults experience insomnia at some point or another, mm. <laughs> pregnant or not. It's it's a, it's a serious issue um, in the United States and around the world. So with having all of this trouble f- staying asleep, um, let alone just falling asleep in the first place, first of all, sleep stories are something that I think are actually perfect then. Um, what I do, I fall, I wake up so many times to go to the bathroom being pregnant at night. And the first, I find that the first time or two I wake up, it's not as hard to fall back asleep. It's the, once it gets into the early morning hours, like, you know, three or four in the morning, it's so hard to fall back asleep on my own sometimes. And you have two options then. You can either lie awake and really not fall asleep and you have kind of a miserable time because you're just lying there sometimes. Um, you can just decide to get up crazy early in the morning. And sometimes I have done that, like getting up at 3.30 or 4. It's not ideal, but I've done it. Um, but the best choice and the one that always w- works surprisingly well is to put on a sleep story because you can usually get another, even if it's that far along in the night, you only have like, let's say an hour left to sleep before your alarm clock goes off. You can usually get in that extra hour. And sometimes it's just that extra hour of sleep that can make a big difference in how you feel for the rest of the day. Wow. What if somebody's listening and they're thinking, but I have kids, so I don't sleep and I have mm-hmm. more anxiety and I can't control when I get into bed. And mm-hmm. just how does the kids thing play into this? Well, first of all, I can say, <laughs> I mean, my our daughter is only 20 months old right now. So I haven't experienced personally having kids older than that. So I can just speak to that, which is that having a baby is really hard. Um for getting enough sleep at night because you're just not going to. It's going to be broken up. Um, but again, like even if you're listening out there and you're not a parent at all, let's say, you might have other reasons that you are being woken up in the middle of the night, health health reasons that you are. And either way, it's it really can affect your, you know, the way that you feel during the day and your quality of life. So it's something to take seriously. 
I mean, you can always definitely speak to a doctor and and perhaps have get a sleep a sleep study or something like that done to check on your sleep. But even if it's just that you're being woken up from your baby, which is luckily something that's temporary, <laughs> although it feels like it lasts a very long time where you're not getting <laughs> enough sleep. Um, something big that I recommend is to take a nap during the day. And this is another thing that sounds so obvious painfully obvious, but I think that a lot of people are very resistant to the idea of taking a nap because I was somebody like that as well. And now I am, luckily I I have a, I have a lifestyle now where I can take a nap during the day. I know it's not so easy if you're, let's say a teacher and you're at school during the day, or um, there's lots of jobs where you, you can't do this, but there's some jobs where you can figure out a way to, even if you're not working from home to, um, put in a little nap, 20 minutes to 30 minutes. And the big thing that I want to say about this, about taking a nap to help you if you have poor quality sleep at night, it's being broken up, is that it's about taking this short rest, excuse me, and not thinking of it as something like high pressure that you need to fall asleep with. It could just be lying there. If anyone's done yoga, think of like kind of like Shavasana. You're just going to lie there and close your eyes and let your mind rest for 20 minutes. And what you will find is that it's a skill that you can build just like if you're exercising and you're working on, you know, strengthening your biceps. It doesn't start out easy. And then over time, it builds up and you end up being able to um, fall into sleep for a nap that's very refreshing and doesn't really leave you feeling groggy in a very short amount of time, 20 to 30, 15 minutes is sometimes all that it takes once you get good at it. So if you give yourself a month where you give yourself a challenge of trying to do this, if you find that you're having to wake up a lot at night because you have a lot of stress in your life or you have kids and they make it hard for you to stay um, asleep all night or for any other reason, I think that you'll find that after a month of trying it, even if you thought naps weren't for you, if you do the power nap um, for a little bit, I think you can find that it'll make such a big difference in how you feel for the rest of the day. I can very much relate to that because I have always identified myself as a terrible napper, but mm-hmm. and I generally do sleep pretty well at night. And again, I don't have kids or things that are kind of keeping me up for the yes. most part, but I would see that listening to some type of sleep story could really help if I were trying to nap because Mm -hmm. for me stopping my brain especially in the middle of the day and getting into that relaxing space is very difficult Mm -hmm. so I love this idea that you can use your app anytime doesn't have to be at night even it's true I I do I do use it to because I even though I've gotten I'm kind of proud of myself. With, with yeah, the you napping. should be. I've gotten pretty good at it, I have to say. Um, but I, it doesn't mean that I just lie there in silence. I, un, un, unfortunately, that wouldn't work so well for me. Um, I do listen to a sleep story to help me fall asleep, but it really works. It makes it work so quickly that I take my nap, I wake up, I feel, I mean, you know, for the first few minutes, I feel a little bit groggy, um, but it goes away really quickly, especially once your body gets used to doing it. And it makes it so I don't need that. I feel so refreshed afterwards that I don't need to have that extra cup of cold brew. Mm-hmm. Um, I can make my evenings. I don't feel like cranky and exhausted the way I always used to feel. I'll feel, I'll feel good. And it doesn't affect as long as 
you don't take a long nap. Like if you think you might do that, then you want to set a timer on it to wake up because you don't want to be sleeping, you know, 45 minutes or an hour or more. Right. Then you just feel groggy and totally out of it. And it might uh, might start to get into a Everyone's different. Um, but if you're getting past that amount of time, it might affect your ability to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. You certainly don't want that. When you listen to your app, do you listen to your own voice on the sleep story? I do. (laughs) Have you gotten over it? Was it weird at first, but now it's normal? Yeah, it's... (laughs) That's a really good question. Um, (laughs) It's gotten so normal to me. I mean, we've been doing it for almost three years, and I have to listen to my show anyway to quality check it. You know what I mean? Like we, yeah. we check it to make sure there's not any kind of errors, any blurps that get <laughs> left in. Um, so I have to do that anyway. So I'll often end up doing that and kind of multitask by, well, if I'm going to take a quick nap or I'm um, having trouble falling asleep, I'll put on the next episode that I need to quality check anyway, which um, luckily there's usually not any errors. And then I'll just pick up where I left off when I'm awake. So I've gotten so used to it that I've gotten over I mean, how do you feel about listening to your voice on on the show? Is it? It was really hard at first. I have somebody edit the episodes for me now, Uh but I've gotten to the point where I can hear it, hear my voice and I don't completely freak out. Yeah. (laughs) But at first it was hard. Somebody gave me the advice when I started and said it takes a good 25 episodes. I was editing all of them myself and those first five were just brutal because I Mm -hmm. was trying to edit out every single little um and breath. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a unique experience listening to yourself, not just on an answering machine or something, but for a solid hour. It's a weird thing. But no, it's true. So many people you'll hear say, oh, I hate to hear those sound of my voice recorded. And I definitely get that. I mean, having a nice mic makes a big difference from hearing it just on like <laughs> a home answering machine. Yeah. Um, but it's also something where I already had to get over that kind of um, that qualm because I was a, a yoga teacher for a long time. And I found that the very best way for me to help myself improve my teaching skill was to do the unthinkable, the most awful thing I could think of doing, which was to record my mm. classes and then listen to them and and practice back as if I was a student to my own voice. And there was I had so much resistance to listening to myself. But when I finally got over it and did it, it was such a huge um, um, teaching tool for myself. And so I had to get used to it. And the more you listen to yourself in whatever it is that you do, if it's something that you do where you're talking, it really can help you to learn and improve. Um, and you also start to realize, okay, my voice isn't that bad to listen yeah. to. <laughs> and you get desensitized, I think, just like with anything else. Yeah. You know, you just, it becomes just like another voice out there. But mm-hmm. yeah, I feel you for sure. <laughs> Those first recordings, whether you're watching yourself or listening, it's, it's pretty rough. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I love, I know you talk about revenge bedtime procrastination. <laughs> And I have no idea what that means. So I'd love if you could tackle that. It's so dramatic, right? It is. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what this is because I'm sure I do it. (laughs) So I think everyone in modern days does this to some extent or another, I would guess. Um, 
except people that fall asleep super quickly and easily, totally on their own, which bravo to them. Um, so bedtime procrastination is when you basically don't have enough balance in your daily life of having some rest time, which human beings need to have. We don't have, we just are like, okay, it's, it's work mode and we're working all the time, usually without that break. So then when it's finally, you're exhausted and it's finally time for bed, you kind of procrastinate on doing it, especially, I, I think that moms can really relate to this too, because you're not just taking care of yourself all day. You're also have to like get these kids to bed. And so when you finally have time to yourself, you kind of find yourself doing everything other than soothing bedtime rituals. And you're just wanting to do stuff to blow off steam. Mm. Oh, kind of like, um, it's kind of like the idea of junk food versus wholesome quality, nutritious food. You're kind of veering towards the junk food side of relaxation. Mm which is fine, but that in does include binge watching um, reality TV shows or, <laughs> yeah. or the endless social media screen, um, screen feed. And that can lead to and revenge bedtime procrastination. It's just you're basically you start to go to bed later and later and later because you finally have this time and you don't want that time to end. You have this mm -hmm. time to yourself where you can do whatever you want um, and you end up losing out on the quantity of your sleep and sometimes the quality of your sleep because of it. So mm. it's kind of like a slippery slope. So what do you recommend for people to kind of combat that? Well, the bigger picture is thinking about your, your daily life and your lifestyle and it, if Again, if you have little kids, that's it's hard and it's just a time in your life that, um, you know, it won't be forever. But the bigger thing is for everybody is what can you do to have your life have a little bit more like a break, at least one break, if not a few breaks that are actual relaxation, whether that's some mindfulness meditation or taking that little power nap or um, taking a moment to take a little walk around the block or um, anything that is relaxing that isn't staring at a screen. <laughs> if you can do that, I think that that will help you in the long run feel like you can, you know, you have more balance in your life and that can help with your sleep as well. Um, but in the short term, really, it's like looking at what it is that you do once you have time to fall asleep and are, are there things that you can supplement in instead of depriving yourself of what you're doing right now what can you put in instead that's more of kind of like again like the analogy of food is what is wholesome and what is going to help you fall asleep um, better and easier and not just stay up for a long time just because you can I, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I've interviewed a couple of other sleep experts and mm -hmm. they will speak to thinking about sleep and your bedtime routine, not just as when your head hits the pillow, but from the moment you wake up in the mm -hmm. morning. So doing things like it, being sure you expose your eyes to natural light mm -hmm. and going for a walk in the fresh air at some point and you know, maybe taking a power nap that's not too long or meditation or yoga, whatever it is that works for you. But 
or cutting off caffeine if you're somebody who doesn't metabolize caffeine as quickly. Yes. Just thinking about all these little decisions you're making all day as really your bedtime routine and not just the 10 minutes you're trying to fall asleep when you're in the bed, the actual bed. Yes. Amen to all of that. That's such a good point. I'm, I've even stopped... Um... <laughs> I've even, I used to be such a son. This is, this is going to make me seem sort of like, maybe this will make me seem a little extreme. Um, That's fine. <laughs> I, I love it. If it does. Okay. <laughs> I, I've even stopped using my sunglasses. Most of the time mm. I used to wear my sunglasses all the time because I thought they were cool and I liked, and I felt like I was indoors all the time. So when I'd go outside, the sun would be so bright anyway. Um, but I had read that your eyes kind of get tricked by your sunglasses to it can actually, it's actually healthier for them to have to process the the sunlight um, without the filter on them, first of all. And second of all, that it's really important when there is sunlight, especially, I mean, I live in the Northeast. I live in the Boston area. It's so dark in the winter. Mm. Any little bit of light I can get, I try to let myself get it unfiltered um, without sunglasses on. Right. I think that's a really good point. Depending probably where you live. Like I know in California, the sun can be super strong. Mm, Um, So I will do that for sure for maybe five minutes on a quick walk or something and then put my sunglasses on. But no, I think that's, that's another, I've heard too, like exposing your skin even Mm -hmm, without sunscreen when the sun isn't too strong, let's say before 10 AM or after 4 PM. As early as when you wake up in the morning, that's a really good time too. Exactly. Do you have any kind of really cool success stories? Maybe somebody's left a review or reached out to you personally about how your snooze cast has helped them? Oh, we've really been blessed to have so many reviews like that that kind of give us, you know, like the warm and fuzzy feelings for sure about people that have had um, that suffer from illnesses or or chronic pain. or, or um, trauma in their in their lives that makes sleep been such a struggle for them. Mm. And to have something that helps them to truly fall asleep very effectively and stay asleep for longer, um, it makes a huge difference in their daily lives, right? So yeah. we've heard lots of stories like that. Um, and it just it makes all the effort of putting on a show really worthwhile when you hear about how it changes people's lives for the better when they get better sleep. Mm, That's awesome. I sometimes think about podcasting sort of like teaching how it can be a thankless Mm. job. (laughs) Like the kids might be learning all day, but they're usually not coming up to you and saying, thank you so much for that lesson. You know, I feel so enriched. And so you do so much behind the scenes as a teacher or as a podcaster, and you're, you keep putting these episodes out there and you're hoping they're resonating with people, but you don't always know. So I know it's so great. It feels like you're like um, shouting into the void. Exactly. But then just when you feel like, oh my gosh, this is so much work. I don't even know if it's worth it. Somebody will leave that review that just, like you said, gives you the warm and fuzzies and gives you that momentum to keep going. It really does make a big difference. Yeah. I am so grateful for your time today. Um, But I ask each of my guests a final question, which is, in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment? Ooh. It is an investment. 
there's this there's this um quadrant of priorities that's I think been around for a long time ago. It might have come from like well, who is that? Like one of those self help books, like um, mm. um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Or oh yeah, it might be from that where it's um, there are if it's a quadrant, and so it's broken up into four squares, and it's like um, there are things that are in the important column, unimportant column, and then there's the row of um, urgent and non urgent, hmm. and you want to. Most people get lost in the not important and not urgent, or the urgent columns and they leave out the stuff that is not urgent but is important Mm -hmm. and the more you can start to shift in your life um, consciously towards doing things that are um, not urgent but important the better and to me that is um, investing in your health because everything else will always seem more urgent Mm -hmm. than it and I'm talking about things like eating properly getting enough sleep, moving your body, um, those things are important. And so if you you have to, it really sometimes will feel like a fight, I find. You have to fight for your right to do this because everything in life will be like, no, I'm more important than that. <laughs> if, you, if you take the time to say, no, this is a priority for me. I do this before I do anything else. Um, it, you're, you're investing in your well-being and it, that the results of that will benefit you in the long run for your lifetime. Wow. I'm always amazed because I ask every guest this question and it's just awesome to hear so many different takes on it. It never gets old and I always learn something (laughs) new, but I love that. I love that way also of kind of visualizing it because I'm a very visual person. So Mm, thank you for sharing that. Where can listeners follow and find you? Obviously the app store, right? For SnoozeCast. (laughs) Yeah. So or sorry, not the app store, the podcast app. Correct. Yes. We're, so since it's a podcast, you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts, including whatever you're listening to um, the health investment on. Um, or you can also listen to us on snoozecast.com and you can listen to all of our 400 plus shows for free um, there as well. And you can also follow us on social media at snoozecast, um, particularly on Instagram. You can say hello to me there. Wow, that's so incredible that you provide these for free as well. Because I know there's some apps that have a story type of service, but Mm -hmm. they're all paid for apps is what I understand. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, thanks for doing that. I honestly, I can't wait to listen to one tonight. I'm already planning out. I don't know which one it'll be, but. Oh, fun. (laughs) Yeah. can't wait. I'll let you know once I do. Time can be exciting. Yeah, I really can. I just, I love the idea of story time before bed. It's, you know, why did, why do we all lose that after we're exactly. Let's four or five years ourselves. old? Yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for being here, V, especially in your third trimester. Just so <laughs> grateful for your time. And I look forward to staying connected. Oh, thank you. It's my absolute pleasure and privilege to be talking with you today. Thanks, Brooke. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining me here on the Health Investment Podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners. On your way out, remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. 
always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.